it's time for a bonus, a bonus episode. I love episodes of theater, 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 theater. We're going off the beaten path, off the beaten path. We're off. Hey, what TV shows are y'all watching right now? I'm watching Book of Boba Fett, and I'm watching The Great British Baking Show. But, mm? but mm? last night, yeah. one of my favorites got kicked off. Dang. And so, and it hurts. It happens. It hurt. I know. It always hurts. It what are you hurts. watching, P? I'm watching Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I just finished it, the first season, and it is edge of your seat horror fun thriller great juliette lewis yeah christina ricci, ricci it's so good yeah i'm hearing great. nothing but nothing but raves it is it's great it's phenomenal siege what are you watching right now um i i have some things i don't want to admit to that i'm watching but one thing i Guilty am pleasures i yes i picked up um offhand was peacemaker and i am not a dc person but it has the best fucking fucking opening credits hmm. thing ever cool. and he's got the best animal sidekick ever so okay. it's 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 fun i mean like hyper violence i i usually have to get up and take a walk around the apartment mm-hmm. um but don't watch it's... yellow jackets <laughs> that's true I, the the poster looks amazing it's i feel like i've seen that all over los angeles and everybody's talking about it it's mm-hmm. fantastic it also has a phenomenal opening theme yeah oh really what are some of the best? What best what? What are some of the best? <laughs> Just in um, general. Opening credits? Yeah, what are some of the best opening Dexter, the breakfast that Dexter, he makes in absolutely. the beginning? So good. Which they don't do in New Blood, which makes me really sad, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm old school. Greatest American hero. Uh, murder, she had wrote? Like a full, like, you know, murder, she wrote. Yeah, murder, she wrote. Yeah. Murder, she wrote is pretty delightful. <laughs> murder, she wrote is all the way up there. Also, Golden Girls. What are we talking yeah, about? But that's Cheers. theme song. Yeah, theme songs. That's are, yeah. theme song. Golden Girls is yeah. theme song. I'm talking like animation or like the, you know, just the things that are the, the analogy, the metaphor. Rick and Morty is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bojack Horseman has always been one of my favorites. Six feet under. Oh, Bojack, I love. What was the one you said? Six feet under. Oh, six, six feet, feet under. under. I like yeah. how Arrested Development does all their exposition in the opening. It's kind of fun. Right. <laughs> it makes oh, you yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a fantastic opening theme written by Ryan Thomas Johnson uh, on this here podcast, which uh, we should probably welcome them to. Welcome. Yes. To Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Burcham. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Scott Leggett. That's right. And we are back, <laughs> Jesus, with another bonus miniseries. After every five playwrights, we take a break and watch some movies. And this is part three of Plays that have been made into movies. And it's uh, part three because we already did part one and two, well, season one. Ugh. Right. Get that? You, yes. you like that? We covered Fences, Noises Off, Blythe Spirit, and Casablanca. What a time. Wow. What yeah. a time to what be alive. What a time. That's my Irish accent, Scott. That was almost two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. It, yes. But we've, we've warped back around, so we're doing this again. Very exciting. And as always, with these uh, bonus miniseries, we are joined by our dear friend and original songwriter, Pam Quinn, everyone. Hello, Pam! Oh, yeah, Pam! Can I just say no. how honored I am, and I don't mean this in any kind of like sarcastic or facetious way, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I am so honored that you guys not only tap me for the original songs for each playwright, but also that you have me on these bonus episodes to share my thoughts and feelings about, you know, what we watch and what we read. And I, I appreciate it. Thank you. But just because you're awesome. Oh we God. should also point out, not to correct you, Bailey, but Pam also wrote the bonus episode song our in stuff song that's true that the audience just heard is what it's is what uh, for bonus. another great yeah. opening theme <laughs> another great opening theme. <laughs> thank you garage band 
non-spawn. <laughs> right. Garage band is promo code awesome. theater theater. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> I wish we were sponsored by something at all. Uh, but oh, then you'd right. have to listen to ad reads, and that kind of sucks, right? Maybe this yeah. is right. maybe we just like don't make money off this ever, and we just keep doing it for the passion. It sounds like my entire theater career in Los Angeles. Yeah, Angel. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Most don't scare of the my babies. Don't career. scare the babies away from LA. No, Let's babies, stay right. away. Stay away. The less no. people that are out here, the you're more wrong. work I get. No. First no. of all, you're wrong because the babies are not in our demographic. I can play twenty. Okay. And well. number two Well and number two, a lot of people are moving away right now, actually. So I would love for some fresh new talent to come and be in our shows. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm you kidding. are a cluck. You are a cluck. Okay. Hey Swampy. We're we're covering two of the four. Uh, movies that we watch, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited about it. Now, I, we'll, we'll announce this later. We might be changing one of the <laughs> movies because we're we can't find it by the end of this episode. We're gonna decide by the. We're gonna make Scott decide by the end of this episode on his new pick. Okay, <laughs> that's um, fair. It's fair, right, Scott? You cool with that? Well, yes. You have to be. He's as he meant. I'm, I'm literally just sort of madly Googling shit right now. Okay, we're going to find you one. Remember, there's a lot of Neil Simon. Uh, you no. Maybe a no. playwright we've already covered, like a Let's. There's a lot of Let's movies. There's a lot of, I don't know, I, find something. All that to say, we may not be covering Sleuth anymore, but we, we found the new one, which is on HBO, but the old one isn't, and that's the one he wanted to cover. So, okay, we'll get into that. But this week, we are covering Raisin in the Sun. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Yes. Both black and white movies. Mm-hmm. Both at a time where they didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Where it was a choice. Chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go, right? We should just Yeah, let's There's just fucking do it. Oh, yeah. We're going to read that review. We'll do it at the oh, end. Yeah. We got a new review. It's v- we got our new review. Listen, I can put it up lovely. right now. If you want to do it? Aww. Yeah, do it. Okay, let's do it now. Read it with some love. Holy though, shit! We, since great. then, we got another review. <gasps> well, fuck. This is great. Off the cuff. Here, I'll read the. You read the new one. I'll read the the old one. By the Cap O One, pure podcast pleasure. Much like a fine glass of port and a delicious slice of black forest cake, this podcast is pure undiluted pleasure. <laughs> There's nothing like the moment that Bailey starts to rank stuff. CJ really is that incredible blend of awesomeness. A little Betty Davis and your best friend who knows absolutely everything. Wow. We're going to talk, gonna talk oh. about Betty Davis today, too. Wow. As for Scott, yeah, yeah. as for Scott, he's the wise godfather who introduced you to good scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars and Tom Petty. He knows everything <laughs> and has the perspective that breaks theater down to its most unique elements. This is the podcast everyone needs. Wow! Thanks, Yay. the Cap one We love that. Here's another one, and maybe I'll cut this and put this at the end of the episode. I don't know, because no, I like we it. should get to the thing. But I, yeah, okay, let me read it. <laughs> this is from Not Not Lucky. <laughs> not okay. Not Lucky. So the middle not is in, it's a parenthetical. So not, parentheses not. Lucky. Uh, <laughs> and then the title is Estragon and Vladimir would be relieved. Interesting. Aww. Okay. Not much waiting is necessary with these theater nerds, since the content, to use the parlance of our times, flows like an endless stream of joyous insight, uncomfortable anatomical humor, hard earned theater wisdom, and just a dash of self loathing to keep things rustling. <laughs> <laughs> I much love this podcast and look forward to every series. And I want these players, interpreters, directors, and creators of the stage to know just how amazed this theater obsessive is with the quality and output of their work. You have made these turbulent times, which followed other turbulent times, and which will be followed by more turbulent times, so much more comfortable in the loneliest hours when sleep is telling me to piss off. Or when I'm sitting by the side of an empty road on a pile of battered stones beside a long dead tree. I leave the rope at home and on purpose now. Thank you, good people. Qua, 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 qua. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's lovely. So lovely. the lucky reference now makes You saved sense. a life. 
<laughs> well, I don't know if that's fully what he well, means. Well, that's how but... I interpreted the rope, but anyway. <laughs> what they mean. We don't know who this is, and it's anonymous, and it's Thanks, a great bit. Thanks, y'all! Um, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we all three of us read that and just sort of texted each other like, wow, are we all crying? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, it was just nice to hear because, you know, it... it it means something that even one person listens to know that there's a few others listening as well is uh and that we're that it matters to people it really really matters to us. So we love you guys. But now we're going to yeah. talk about a couple things very exciting. Let's talk about Raisin in the Sun. Yes. Whose pick was this? That was my pick. Oh my god. It was in 1961. It was based on the 1959 play by Lorraine Hansberry. She also did the screenplay. Uh, I was also going to, I just out of curiosity, and I had the time, I was going to watch the P. Diddy, Felicia Rashad one from 2008, <laughs> yeah. but it's on Showtime, and I don't have Showtime. I do. So, I, I do know. Too. I was like, Bailey! Yellow jackets. <laughs> if anyone needs Showtime, let me know. I'll give you my, my logins. There's some good stuff on there. Um, I got a little background for it. I've also got a breakdown. Which do y'all want to hear first? Oh, Either. you know I love that. CJ's breakdown. CJ's breakdown. An African-American family living on the south side of Chicago in the 1950s waits for a $10,000 insurance check. Mama thinks it should be used as a down payment on a bigger, better house and college tuition for her daughter. Her son, Walter Lee, wants to use it to partly own a liquor store. The down payment made, the remainder ultimately stolen. The youngers are approached by a future white neighbor offering to pay them off to not move into the white neighborhood. I have seen this movie maybe six times, which is kind of a lot, right, yeah. for a movie like this. That I, I just, it's been put on a lot of times in school. Um, it was put on, it was on TV a lot. I feel like on like mm. Turner Classic movies, Turner Classic movies, yeah, right. I which I that. loved as a kid. I would just flip that on any time, and my dad and yeah, I would just sit and watch could, whatever. Yeah, you could, you couldn't lose, right? So good. Yeah, I. I will say this one and also Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, both of them are plays that I have read multiple times, but I've never seen any production of, whether live or the films. So I had a lot of ideas in my head of how things were supposed to look. And then, you know, I, I know the thing that first struck me that I loved about the movie was every time I pictured in my head on stage, I'm... I'm just automatically thinking of like a proscenium arch stage. And while it's kind of like a one bedroom apartment, I'm picturing it way more spread out. And I think the movie, you get the idea of how cramped together this family is. Yeah. And yeah, how smashed to get how tiny the apartment is. And I, that was like the first thing that I noticed watching it. We should also say that we did already cover Lorraine Hansberry, so everyone should go back and listen to that miniseries. It's phenomenal. Uh, we have with Casper. Casper Washington is on that uh, miniseries, and we got deep because they have some like we weird connections with, to uh, the Hansberry. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's great. So that one's really fun. So go back and listen to it. But we're just gonna talk about the movie, and we're not gonna get super deep because we've covered this play hardcore. So. First few things that I think are interesting that I just want to throw out there are this cast. It's the same cast as the Broadway cast, which I yep. live for, right? But yeah, not Ru- the director. Ruby D. Not the director. Mm-hmm. Not the director. Yeah, it ends up being Petrie who, you know, okay, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, We'll talk about it. Sydney. I'm about to talk about it. We got Sydney, the late great. He's just stunning in this. And I mean, and, and it, this isn't his best. I don't think it's his best film role i think he's he's much better in the heat of the night and that sort of thing but he still is stunning he's sydney poitier so everything he does is fucking great i will say i just had to say in comparison to the play i feel like the play is more ruth's story Mm -hmm. and this definitely the movie definitely feels like his story and also i had a little disappointment that they cut they cut the whole beat about um, Benita's hair, and then they cut right. her monologue, which I especially noticed it because Casper did that monologue for us to open up, like, our second episode of Hansberry. Mm-hmm. And I was bummed because it's a, it's a cool monologue. Like, Benita, I think, is much more of kind of a background character in the movie than she is in the play. I, yeah, yeah, I But agree. if you remember Siege, that's the stuff that was trying to, they were trying to cut from the Broadway show. 
Mm. Right. That right. was the stuff that was pushing a little bit too hard against the edge of the envelope, I think, for a lot of people. And, and yeah, I, I have to be honest. I don't love the film. I love the cast. I love the performances. Uh, there's something about the film that feels a little flat and not dynamic in its cinema elements you know what i mean it tries um, to be at first you know there's the weird mirror shots and people stepping in and like at the time that these things might have been a little bit more yeah uh, exciting but you're right like pg kind of kind of shits on it directorially that's the big issue with this film which is why i said we should talk about it because well yeah we should he's a white dude he's a yeah. canadian dude and he had an amazing career in in film yeah. and television mostly television but you can feel his lack of investment here do you I know think why that's they it. do you know why they didn't go with the broadway director just because he, he had no cause film he, experience because he, he was black, he was black. <laughs> i think they wanted to put it in yeah. quote unquote safe hands and here was a nice, stable director who had worked for them. And uh, Lloyd Richards and, and, was the Broadway director. Got it. Right. And so, you know, it was a studio that was going to take a shot in telling this uniquely black story, but they they weren't going to roll roll the dice that That's far. That's so awful. Yeah, um, it is. And and you know, from what I heard in the in little tidbits that i've read about him like petrie was what was into it he was he felt it was important i guess they he had an okay relationship with hansberry as they developed things and and got to be pretty good friends there for a while but he just he just isn't uh, he's not one of those you know he's not like mike nichols that we'll get to with who's afraid of virginia wolf um i also felt like the majority broadway cast probably came in there and was like we got this (laughs) yeah right yeah that's disappointing it is yeah um i think you know uh for me um and i agree i i think you 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 hit it on the head there cj it's it's more his story uh in the film version um although i think ruby d is extraordinary and oh yeah uh, and claudia mcneil is steals it for me she just steals it well and She's... claudia mcneil got the nomination for best actress for the bafta awards and the golden globes right yeah she definitely steals this um she outperformed sydney in my opinion in this he's so young i mean he I... is yeah and i don't know and oh I don't mean to stir stuff up. I don't know if this is the uh, the right part for him. Does that make sense? I think at the time it, it was a, a perfect matchup, but I don't know if today I would cast him as that in 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 that role. I You'd cast Puff Daddy. I get it. Um, <laughs> I get P. Diddy. Lou, Lou Gossett Jr.'s first film role. Yeah. First film That's role, cool. isn't that like he's he looks like a kid too. He, he does so, look like it looks like a little kid. kid. Yeah, he looks yeah. He's great. Um, and the, you, what's also kind of interesting about the movie is you have Claudia McNeil and you have Sidney Poitier who had already been clashing a little bit on set at uh, oh. on on Broadway. They had had like little tiffs and said nothing too crazy, but then when they got to film set, there was a lot of tension uh, to the point where later he was quoted like later in his life saying like, I think she hated me, like actually hated me. And the uh, disagreement that sort of got publicized was that he really felt like his character was in the right and that the movie needed to be based in his lens and his struggle. And she very much felt that her character's lens was the more correct lens, which is what Hansberry's lens was in a lot of ways. So she was like using that as the defense. And he was like, well, I don't care. I'm Sidney Poitier. This is going to be my movie kind of thing. Do you think he had an influence in how the film was portrayed then with his perspective being highlighted? Probably. I think he won. I think he won that argument. And then that caused Mm. more tension. Absolutely. So maybe she did hate him a little bit. Well, the the tension works for the the movie. Well, I mean, for the story, period. Absolutely. Another side that's interesting to this is the 
because of the themes of the play and the literal plot of the play, uh, this becomes very interesting where they were having so much trouble scouting locations for this. Mm. They mm. couldn't get houses. They couldn't get people to rent their houses to the filming uh, because they would find out what it was about and then they would pull out things like oh, that. Uh, they finally got one house and the woman who was living there started getting death threats. And because Shit. the woman was pregnant, production pulled out of the house and found a new one. You know, I don't think people think about that a lot when they watch a show or a movie. They don't think about the locations like that. But mm -hmm. it's like the people who own the Breaking Bad house kept getting pizzas thrown up on their roof. And oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I read about that. <laughs> comes at a cost, man. Comes at a cost. Comes um, at a cost. Uh, one thing that I found uh, fucked up and interesting, Mr. Lindner, who was Mr. Lindner on... Um, on Broadway, as well as the movie, is the voice of Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh, that's cool. I that's love awesome. That. I love that. That's awesome. I heard that voice and I was like, that racist white neighbor sounds like Piglet. Oh, wow. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, in watching it, the, the text, the performances, uh, and, and how they still resonate, and the most infuriating thing about this film and about the play, and I said this when we did our Hansberry episode, is that it is still relevant. The absurdity right. that that this is still relevant. And I was just talking to uh, a, fr a mutual friend of all of ours, Patrick Duffy, who's a playwright and a fan of the pod, uh, uh, who has just started the 1692 project recently. And so we were talking about um generational well 1619 1619 oh my god 1692 two different things 1619 <laughs> project but the idea of generational wealth and like uh you know he was talking about there was a story about there's a man african-american dude in the 20s and 30s who built up this huge business i forget where it was and then one day like uh white dudes just came in and took the building they just took it from him it's like what was he going to do go to court call the police it didn't matter anymore so what he learned to do was lease his properties for his businesses well leasing isn't isn't wealth that's that's where wealth gets distributed primarily among mm. white families in america that you ownership of of property is a huge thing and the fact that we're still talking about it that it still resonates that it's still infuriating um and heartbreaking to watch the story unfold uh, is is just I don't know. It floors me sometimes that we just can't be a little better, you know, you know, yeah. you know. I do Come know, on, Scott. Uh, <laughs> Ruby D um, wins the National Board of Review Award for Best Supporting Actress, which is kind of cool. And then both Poitier and McNeil were nominated for Golden Globes. Oh, um, I missed that Poitier was. And then the director. Petrie, so he did end up winning the Gary Cooper Award at Cannes that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> there must not okay, have been a lot of yeah. good stuff at Cannes that year. No, no. This, this, this movie is phenomenal. And I hey, also Cans? know that a... Canis. Nice. Canes. I also yeah. know that a lot of people really hold this film in high regard, and it's been listed on, like, those... I don't think it's on the top 100 AFI list. It might be, but I don't think it is. Um, but it's it's always listed in like those most important film kind of thing. I, I it sure is an extremely did, important movie. Yeah. yeah, I did see in two thousand five the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress. That's cool. That's so, cool. Yeah, yeah sometimes sure. I feel like uh, Who's Afraid was too at one point. Oh, was it? Yeah, which is kind of yeah, cool. it was too. Yeah. Um. Now, we've talked about this play ad nauseum. No, not ad nauseum, because you can never get sick of this. But I, I you know, uh, so go back and listen to it. But my sort of final thoughts on it, just as a story, are I really, I think about it like one of those things that, like, has to exist. It's, like, it's great that it mm. does. Like, I'm so glad that we get to tell this story. I'm glad that it's done everywhere. It's the most produced play, like, on the planet or some shit, like, in terms of... Wow. 
Isn't that right? I I don't know. Go back and listen. To, I can't remember exactly. It's something the like stat, that. But it's, it's something like, like that. every like, day. There's a production that's of what it is. going on somewhere. I that's what it is. That every might have day during COVID, yeah. but right, not during COVID, but and before times, the <laughs> um, before times, <laughs> before times. Um, every single day on the planet Earth, a production of Raisin in the Sun was happening, and that's a huge deal. Maybe not on Mondays because you know. More dark. Dark day. Um, um, I do. I I now am interested in watching the Puff Daddy one because I want to see if the Beneatha stuff is in there. It I probably is. They probably made a point to put it in. Yeah. But Maybe. we'll see. I don't know. I've never watched it. I feel like you, you got Showtime. You got to watch it and report, it, Bailey. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna watch Yellow Jackets again. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the other one because we've we've covered this well. I I'm excited to talk about this next one. Another black and white movie. This was our guest's choice. Pam, what is it? Me. <laughs> um, it is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Pod's Afraid of Virginia Cast. That's right. Very nice. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Why did you pick it? <laughs> Love it. Um, so I saw this play on Broadway with Amy Morton and Ooh. Tracy Letts Holy in New shit. York. Holy and shit. it really, you know, was an intense, an intense viewing. And I've seen the play done in a lot of community theaters. Um you know, when the older senior members get to choose what play they want to do, they usually <laughs> choose this one because it's a dream role for every man and woman, um, pretty yeah. much Martha and George. But it's also got a great drinking game attached to it. Um, mm-hmm. I got to Oof. watch this with Bailey and mm-hmm. we played a drinking game. And there were a couple of rules that we left out because we would have had alcohol poisoning at the end of it. Like, anytime they're rude to each other, wasn't that? <laughs> no, no. The, the one that we. Jesus. The one that first got brought up was every time they raised their voice. And I oh, was yeah, like, that. And we were like, halfway through, no. we're going to be not okay. So we did every time they say each other's name, which we had to stop doing because he says Martha like 150 times. Yeah. Every line is. Martha, it, what are you doing, Martha? Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you even just tried to keep pace with with each individual character's drinking, like every That's time... Every time they drink, you drink, which we did you, also. That was the other you, one. You, you would have been wiped out. That was the and other one, it, is every time they drink, we drink. I stopped halfway kids, through the right? movie. Oh, I had yeah, to stop you did. You were like, guys, I'm, you were like, I was like, I'm guys, out. I'm tapped the fuck out right now. Yeah, it was, it was pretty hardcore. bad. But uh, then we did every time a kid is mentioned, every time a child is mentioned. That's fun. It was really fun. As well, you should be. The dialogue in that play and in that film is just so rich. It's it's so great, and the performances across the board, all four of them are just wonderful. Honey is such an underrated part and it's yes. just so great and Agreed. sandy dennis is just yeah what a career Ugh. she had like she got an oscar for this and then she got one to two 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 tonys for her career mm-hmm. yeah. and like just and she's just awesome and she was never a huge star because she was considered unattractive or plain and i'm like what like she's got one of the most interesting faces she really does ever yeah. ever and like she's just so good yeah, I, uh, I I dig the hell out of this. I saw this when I was way too young for it. Like when it <laughs> first came out on VHS, like or on I don't it may it may even have been out on Beta, and I remember my <laughs> folks getting it and and watching it and going, oh my god! And I think one of the things that struck me and still struck me on my rewatch, I love, I just love this movie I, in so many ways, and I think. For me, it's the the fusion of the talent. It's Mike Nichols taking an Edward Albee play and making a great movie out of it. The play exists as a separate thing to me in a lot of ways, and the movie is its own thing. But there's, it's pretty much, they don't change much. There's some editing of language, but other than locations and other yeah. than Nichols bringing it out and moving it around so that we're 
outside of the house a little bit more. Yeah, the locations uh, the thing work, is interesting cause... because it's, you know, it's something that doesn't really work very often for me in play adaptations into movies where they're and... like, okay, but because it's a movie, they can go places, let's go places. And I'm like, yeah, but what made the play great is that it's a chamber piece and they're just in yeah. the same house the whole time, right? Yeah. And there's something about the hostage nature of it all yeah. that really works when it's all in the house right? agreed yeah the bar scene was a bit of a stretch for a me. bit <laughs> it still works though it still works better than other things i've seen like i remember august osage county they leave the house a few times and i'm always like stop go back to the house or like um another tracy let's movie actually weirdly uh killer joe mm. the movie which doesn't really work in general for a lot of reasons, but directorially they're like, what if everything is at all these other places and this bar and this back alley? And I'm like, do you not get that the reason why Killer Joe works is because you're claustrophobic in a trailer right. the whole time right. with the TV blaring? Like, that should be a hard movie to watch. And instead it's, like, kind of casual. Right. To me, to me, the only payoff of leaving the location for this whole movie was the moment where Martha goes outside and she sees the car like swerved parked into the front yard and she goes in and opens up the driver's side door and tries to turn off the turning signal and yeah. turns it the other way right. and then turns it the other way and then turns it the other way. Yeah. That was the big payoff for me for them leaving. It was a good moment. <laughs> no, it works. And yeah, you're right, Scott. Like this is a totally different thing than the play. Like I wouldn't direct things into it like that if I was doing the play, obviously. So I want to talk about Nichols for a second. We've talked about Mike Nichols on this podcast many times. Yeah. Uh, we've covered the birdcage. Uh, he's Angels my favorite. Angels in America. We've covered Angels in America. Um, he also did The Graduate, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I also really love Elaine May. They sort of started out together doing sketch comedy uh, and improv comedy and things like that. Yeah. And then they kind of took, I think they did the new leaf together. He might've like helped her write the new leaf or something, but she directed it. And then they went off, uh, together making her own, their own things. Um, Mike Nichols did death of a salesman on Broadway too. Didn't he direct yes, that? With he did. Hoffman? Yep. Yeah. So he's yeah. Broadway and he's stage and screen. Yeah. He, um, knows. he knows. We love he Nichols. He passed what? Uh, three years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty recently. Um, um, the past few years, yeah. Did you guys ever see the movie The Heartbreak Kid with uh, mm -hmm. Charles ben Grodin? Stiller? Charles Grodin, yeah. Well, ben, the Ben Stiller one's a remake oh. um, of an Elaine May film with Charles Grodin that I think everybody should go watch. It's really good. It is. It's great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but so Mike Nichols, he, you know, he's kind of got this reputation of being a little bit arrogant. He's kind of a dick, but he produces great shit, right? So mm -hmm. people like working with him. Um, but he would do this thing where he would set up shots and if he didn't like it, they just wouldn't shoot anything. And maybe two or three shots would go by that he just wouldn't shoot because he'd be like, actually, I don't like that. And they'd move on to the next one. And apparently crew started complaining during the filming of this movie, mm. especially because it's costing a lot of money every time that happens. Like you're working with Liz Taylor and dick burton like this you know you're costing all this money every time you you choose to do that and so his assistant came up to him one night and was like hey the crew's pissed like you're costing a lot of money because every time you set up these shots and then you don't you don't take them it feels like a wasted amount of time and he's like oh really that that sucks okay hold on let me see what i can do tonight and the whole rest of that night he didn't shoot a single thing he shut up he set up like 50 shots and then would just sit there and look what at it and then just didn't shoot bitch. it just to prove that he could. And I was like, I would never do anything like that, but also like props. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he, he could, he could uh, have this profound impact on actors. And you talk to the actors that worked with him. I think Natalie Portman recently had a quote about him that he was one of the Closer. first direct. Yeah, I directed Closer, closer yeah. which I, I like a lot. I like the play, but I really yeah. like the movie. It's interesting. It, and she talked about the, he was one of the few men directors that she had early in her career that w wasn't in any way creepy, that mm. was able to connect with her and not, they were, it, it, like, treated her as an equal from day one and was into creating a process and helping her with that process. And then wow. I think he directed her in the seagull 
when mm. she did made her oh, Broadway cool. debut. Um, that's such so, a shame because that's so late in her career for her to make a statement. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, totally, totally. Well, but, uh, yeah, Portman's but, out of time. That's for sure. She yeah. has. Yeah. But, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, did anyone get the sense, and this is truly all you need to know about my breakdown of this movie, is <laughs> that this is just Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. That's. I, I mean, mean, certainly the heat of their re- relationship. Their double marriage. Impacted, but know. that's also one of the things I love so much about this movie is that you feel like you're Honey and Nick. You feel like you are there yes. with yes. these yes. people and it becomes funny games. Like the horror movie funny games in a way. It's, 100%. It's Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. So Pam and I kept kind of comparing it to while we were watching it because it just, it does. It feels like you're, you've been taken hostage by yeah these children like they're yes. not even they're not like, adults they're just playing games like literally funny games like it is yep. it's actually funny games i've decided as a remake of who's afraid of virginia <laughs> <laughs> um and, and i just uh yeah and the and the flow of it that it feels like there's no cut like right. there there are cuts and and the edits but it it does feel like it is a single thing that's going up because we're following them the whole time. We don't really cut right. in time at all. Right. It is all the thing. The movie starts at 2 a.m. Yeah. It you starts at go, 2 a.m. She's like, it's dawn. <laughs> yeah, you definitely go through the drunkenness with them, too, because yeah. it's all kind of crazy and... Well, and we certainly did. Fa- <laughs> <laughs> it's also sort of crazy and fast, and, and then it gets kind of mean and angry and weird, and then at the end, I remember it at the ending when they were like, it's dawn, and there was still almost 10 minutes of movie left, because... You're slowing down. The hangover's creeping in, and you're fucking exhausted. Yeah. Oh yeah, you you are tired by the time it's over. But and they're still pawing at each movie. other. They're just and like, they're just <sighs> yeah. And the complexity and it's brilliant because the complexity of the relationships and the complexity of the of the material and the layers of metaphor and the little bit of absurdism that's put in there, and they just all four of them play it to the hilt. Like they all have their moment to um, just step up to the plate and hit it out of the park. I love the scene later in the movie where honey is upstairs and it's George Siegel and the two of them. And he's sitting there in, in, in on the edge of the, the seat just kind of with his head in his hands and just like jesus like he's just reacting to it and it's beautifully executed uh both in terms of how it's shot and and him as an actor just in the moment reacting to things not saying things just listening and hearing things we've in also his face. entered the time now where filmmakers can make a choice to do black or white right i mean Raisin in the Sun probably, um, budgetarily, it was probably easier to do it black and white, right? Whereas oh with this, it's he he chose to do this. I mean, this mm-hmm. is an active choice, and it was the most expensive black and white film to ever have been made up to this point. Wow. Really? And it was um, also the last uh, Wexler, Haskell Wexler, who was the DP, he was the last person to win an Oscar for the separate category of black and white cinematography. Huh. Oh. They had they had a right. double double category for a long time and that was the last year they did it. But the black and white really works because you have this sort of witching hour feel. Everything's a little dark and shadowy. It almost feels like a horror film. It feels like Spider Baby. It feels like a weird old Lon Chaney movie. Like it's just it's I like it. It's off putting and it and it should be. You know, the whole film is off putting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get um, you right in, right in the beginning. I like that she calls him a cluck because it kind of sounds like she's calling him a cuck. Oh, yeah. Cuck. And yeah. I kind of wonder if, like, cluck is, like, an early, like, proto I thought it was, like, <laughs> like I kind of like thought cuck. it was more like you, like, weak, like a chicken, like you. Hey. Poultry. That sounds like cuckold behavior. <laughs> So, right. fucking well, cock. And then cuck. I love. Um, I don't bay. I'm not. I don't bay. Oh, Bray. Uh, she does it. Does it through the whole thing, and it's like that was the choice that she made. Well, I, and, and, I think for me, it's Elizabeth Taylor's best performance. Period. Whoa. Uh, 
in in I all was surprised at how good she I was. I really do. She's so yeah. good. She is remarkably un how do I say this? Unvain in this. She movie. put on like oh, 30 yeah. she, she put puts on, on like 30 pounds. pounds. She's kind of yeah. short, so that's a big deal. She's Really? Because I watched always... that film the whole time. I was like, that skinny bitch. <laughs> well, sure, but for her, I mean, this is like the biggest she had ever been. She She's not that old in this, right? Like, she's playing yeah. older. She's been known to be one of the most beautiful people in Hollywood. She just got done playing Cleopatra. Right. Like, she's... This is what she... But she finishes Cleopatra. It's where she ma- meets Dick Burton, Richard Burton. They Dick Burton. famously leave their spouses for each other (laughs) um to massive controversy which was a huge deal but they end up together and um and then they leave other spouses later on to get back together yeah there's a whole yeah or this was married twice no this is the first time this was this was their first marriage they were two years in that's right so i I just looked it up because i was curious they decide to make this movie together and she's by this point she's also had a tracheotomy fuck yeah you can see it yeah i do i wasn't even paying attention it's crazy i mean she's like a whole different person from even just two years before and she's doing some amazing stuff here and i think she was pumped about it i think she wanted to be she wanted to not be seen as beautiful for a second she wanted to put on the weight i think she was very happy about it she wanted her sophie tucker face she wanted yeah she wanted to escape (laughs) And then I think Burton just kills it. I, great. I, I, she's amazing, and I think, well, um, I think I think George is in a lot of ways the harder part. It's the mm-hmm. more complicated part. I agree. It's this more subtle psychotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then it, then it's the burn of it, and it's the it's that yin and yang of, of the two of them, and that sort of those levels. And I think Ooh. he nails it. That the whole. The whole monologue about the car and driving the car off and uh, he's just, he's in it and he's hurting and he was going through, he was going, I mean, he was, he was a bad drunk. He died very young. He was only like 60 when he passed. Oof. I don't even think he was 60. I think he was 59. That's a hard way to die too and from he, booze. Yeah, he drank it. I mean, I mean, the big story for years was that he, you know, he was tapped to be the successor to Laurence Olivier. He was mm. the next Olivier and he kind of disappointed a lot of people in that. Except when he turned down a million dollars from Hollywood to do Hamlet at the Old Vic for 125 pounds a week. And there people were like, "Why did you why would you do that?" And he's like, "Cuz I'm playing Hamlet at the Old Vic and you know, you, you, <laughs> that's why I'm doing it." And so he was a cool dude and an amazing actor. Well, let's do a performance review. Let's step through all four of them because I oh, think that's yeah. that's worth it. Um, yeah. This is you had said this earlier, Scott, but these are the this is one of only two times I believe where the entire credited cast three. I think there there are three. Yeah, three, three. times where yeah. the entire credited cast uh, has been nom- was nominated for something in their perspective uh, respective categories um uh, another one was cimarron well sim is that what it's called no oh i'm sorry i confused your question so yes who's afraid of virginia wolf and cimarron are the only two movies to be nominated for every category that you could get and, an oscar nomination oh for. these are two different things these are two yes, different things sorry two different things i'll bring and that then, up later forget yeah. that uh-huh. Tell tell us the interesting thing about the actors. <laughs> That's better. Oh, that it's one of only three movies where the entire credited cast was nominated. Yeah, for, all for... four main actors are nominated in their respective acting categories, and it's the first time a fil- film's entire credited cast was nominated. Right, it's very cool. So, um. Let's step through them. Elizabeth Taylor as Martha. Pass or fail, Pam? A hundred percent. Does anyone 100%. fail this? No. No. Oh. Okay. No, nobody I don't know fails why I this. <laughs> um, same question, actually, real quick to Raisin in the Sun. Does anyone fail? Is there anyone who just no, isn't good? I, no, I think for me, think again, that the, 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 the text and uh, the performances are just yeah. extraordinary. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, who's our MVP? From this movie, who's afraid? 
uh, it's I Burton like Elizabeth personally. I, that's a hard Burton. one. I don't know between those two. I don't know. Siege, who's Actually, yours? I'll... Hmm? Siege, who's yours? I'd say Elizabeth, but to be quite honest, Martha is like a hardcore dream role for me. So I was sure. just stoked to watch someone play it, especially someone like her. So Scott? MVP. Yeah, I think it, it, it's Richard Burton. Although... I don't know. There's some. I love Sandy Dennis. I just. I just. I think she's remarkable. kind of magical. <laughs> she's and, got a face and... for horror films. I feel like she would do really well as like a scream queen. I wish that she, had happened more. She reminded me of the mom from The Shining. The the Jack Nicholson. Oh, she's got a little oh, bit of Duvall. Shelley Duvall. You're right. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. That's um, what she me of. I'm trying to see if she did anything. Scary. She did a bunch of stuff. She did. She originated uh, something evil. The uh, come back to the five and dime. Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean. And then she's she in the Three Sisters movie. She's in the Three Sisters. Anyway, movie, Splendor and she in the did Grass. it on Broadway. Splendor in the Grass was kind of her. Uh, was Pam, her who's your MVP? I can't decide, but I have a really fun thing that I'm going to give you guys. Okay. <gasps> Okay. What? If they remade Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf today, uh, who would be the cast? And I made one. Okay. Oof. But I'm uh, going to say one of their names wrong. Two of their names wrong. Uh, George, I would cast somebody who... The, my first thought was like John Krasinski. And then I backed away from it right away. Because one, I think he's a little old now for it. But also... A little um, old? He's a little See, old now for it. My first thought was Jeffrey Rush, but he is too old for that. I I'm, talking about, like I'm talking about Nick. I'm talking oh, about Nick. I'm talking about Nick. Fuck George. Oh, oh, Krasinski for for Krasinski for Nick was my first thought, but like, like he would yeah, have to be his office. office age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. I would be afraid he would try to bring that energy to it. That sort of mm. awkward. I chose like, Daniel Kaluuya. How do you say Kaluuya? his last name? Kaluuya. Yeah, oh, that's who I chose for Nick. Nice. That would be rad. He would handle that really well just because he does, I mean, as we know from Get Out, but other things as well, he does, like, Awkward I'm uncomfortable here very well. <laughs> and uh, okay. what about George? George, I would say, what do you guys think? I put you I, in the I would do. I would do, a, I would do Ray Fiennes. I Ooh. have him too. I had him as a backup. Siege. Okay. So who was your first, Pam? You and McGregor. Oh, that's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. What's okay? Martha. Who, who for Martha? Let me Kate think. Blanchett for Martha. Oh, come on! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That would be amazing. That would be stunning. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Who would you pick for Honey? Who is your? So honey? I always say her name wrong, but is it Cersei Ronan? Cersei Ronan. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I could see that. Good. She's a yeah. phenomenal actress. She's I would actually like actress. to see Florence Pugh take that role. <gasps> I think she would she's be so funny. For me. She's so she's fucking sexy, Martha. though. She's too Martha. Yeah, like she will play Martha one day. She like, will play Martha, but why yeah. should she? Be <laughs> yeah, but not for That's 30, true. 40 years. She looks yeah, like true. she's fifteen. Um, I pick one me day for Martha. Day. You for my sure, you. every woman's dream role. Every woman's dream role. Uh, it it just so happened that my schedule fell out the way that I went and saw uh, our buddy Scott Golden in Yasmina Reza's Lifetimes Three over this last weekend in Palm oh, yeah. Springs. Yeah, yeah, Coachella Valley rep, and it just struck me too. And I is is who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Kind of like the roadmap for one room fucked up couples plays because this also made me think of god of carnage as well yeah and i feel oh, like yeah, there's so sure. many plays that have come after this that you put like two married couples in a room with booze and see what happens for sure i mean i'm sure that somebody had done it well but he well and he's sort playing of with on. william's type things as well here yeah um sure. but you're right yeah i mean there's a lot of plays like that and i think i think it's become a genre all in its own in sort <laughs> of a way but this is like the the pinnacle yes yeah huge influence on paula vogel edward albee was in this play oh really that, yeah i can't wait this kind of woke time. her up in terms of what you could do in terms of metaphor 
like you have the big sort of sweeping thing where he's making commentary on uh you know the american dream and marriage in general and relationships and love and all that and then there's these layers of like what's truth and what's reality and and then you build in these insanely dense character choices that and gives the that's the other cool thing about him i think where nichols really thrived in terms of because he nichols also directed some albie on stage right. later on I think and he I think did that that's where it... Sylvia. I think he did the goat. Pretty... Oh, I can't yeah, yeah. wait yeah. to talk about that play. Um, I yeah. I reread this. I reread the script just for the hell of it before I watched the movie. Uh, Who's afraid? And I still had my script from my freshman year of text analysis in conservatory, <laughs> and my script is completely covered in like I was such I I was such an idiot back then. I had like six different colors of highlighters, and if this line was highlighted with yellow, it's because I had to look it up for religion bullshit. Like what a dork. I was such a dork and I, I, (laughs) an organized dork. No. Well, I was organized, but like, I did not, it's like my brain was so underdeveloped at that age. Like I just didn't, uh, I was in text at that age. Shut up, asshole. In text analysis. I love you, CJ. I love you. (laughs) I was in text analysis doing all this hardcore, crazy, like long hours work, but I didn't understand why. To the point that my teacher was like, I don't think you get why you're in this class. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we still love you, Siege. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, (laughs) So the year is 1966. I don't know if we said that. Uh, Same year as uh, when How the Grinch Stole Christmas animated aired on CBS. First ever animated thing on CBS. Exact parallel for this movie, too. Same thing. Um, the Beatles, the Beatles revolver. The Beatles revolvers. The Beach Boys, I think, had an album this year. You also have um, Pet Sounds. I think came out in sixty. Doctor Zhivago, yeah. this year. It's half of when Dirty Dancing takes place, and the other half is in the eighties. <laughs> That's right. You're right. You, you're, you're correct. Um, and it uh, it's nominated great year for, for wine. Great year for wine. That <laughs> mouths and butts are the same. I heard. The film I'll was. The, I'll take the sixty six Cabernet. <laughs> Put it in my butt. Um, the butt. film was nominated for thirteen because mouths and butts are the same thing. Pam, it's not gross. Every yeah. episode of this show, of this not everyone, has you talk about. Not all, of them. Not, all of them. not all of them. Not all of them. I just hope people listen. I, I'm using that as a pitch. <laughs> Go back uh, and listen. 13 Academy Awards uh, nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director for Mike Nichols, and it's one of only two films to be nominated in every eligible category what are the at other the films? Academy Awards. The only other film is Cimarron. You don't. You don't need Cine- to watch Cimarron. Is that Cimarron. like the Lord of the Rings prequel or something? It is not. It no. is the opposite of that. It is a big. Oh, it's the sequel to Lord of the Rings. Uh, it is not. It's the Cimarellian. <laughs> it's um. It's a. It's a big. It's Irene Dunn's in it. It's a big fat western epic. It's a nineteen thirty one film, so it's it, that's the boring. reason why it was yeah. able to be nominated. It, it, for yeah, everything. it was just they just threw a whole bunch of money. It was at the it first film ones. ever made. Ever. It's a pre code epic western film directed by Wesley Ruggles. Well, <laughs> I love the Ruggles. The Ruggles. <laughs> the Ruggles. Okay. Um. The okay. I quit. Um. <laughs> anything else you guys want to say? I really like this movie. I like both of them. I, yes. I, I I like them both. I don't like. I said I don't love Raisin quite as much. Um. The the other thing that struck me, and then I'll shut up, is the thing about Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf the film, is that there's very little pop culture references that put you in a time. There's like the record player and there's like the refrigerator, but yeah, but hipsters have it. record players, Scott. It's true. That's what I'm saying. Is that there's nothing <laughs> that sort of like now. <laughs> there's nothing that sort of dates it, and I yeah. found that really fascinating. That Which is great. It just was electrifying to watch. All the it again. books on the bookshelves. Yeah, because <laughs> they What's don't. Have, you know, I guess we don't having have a bar in the living room, living in a house. To me, that dates it. Right. Well, sure, but most house. of those things are directorially 
you could choose not to do those as a play. <laughs> um, George Seagal uh, is phenomenal in this movie. Uh, and on Just Shoot Me. Yeah. And on Just Shoot Me. <laughs> Thanks, Pam. She stole both of my I'm jokes. That's why we brought her. Don't be to be funny. You're never coming back. You're never coming back. Be funny, but don't steal my joke. Be funny, but like, don't steal my focus. Don't steal my light. Um, you guys got anything else you want to say? Because next time we're gonna rank these motherfuckers. Because you know Bailey loves ranking shit, and that's all, right? I don't think we do anything else. No, no, but I do. Do you have an LA spotlight, Scott? Do you have a? LA Spotlight. I do. Um, so I am producing a show called How We Got On at Sacred Fools Theater Company. It opens Friday. Oh. Or it will have opened on Friday by the time you hear this. And it is a wonderful, beautiful story about young people finding their art set in 1988 as hip hop is blowing up. Um, there's some amazing dancing, amazing performances. I'm so proud of it. Um, go to sacredfools.org and get you some tickets and see the show if you're in Los Angeles. We'll put it and in the bio in- as well. 1988, you, the you. other half of what Dirty Dancing takes place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my God, it's synergy. Okay. Uh, boo. Bailey's just jealous. Pam. Get off the stage. He's so mad at me. I'm going to get so many hate texts after this. You episode. are from me and others, my fans. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll put the rest of that in the, we'll put the show, we'll put, we'll put the ticket information for Scott's show in the, in the bio, uh, in the show Speaking notes. Speaking of Scott, what are we? What? What are we doing for your pick next week? Now I well I remembered what my backup was and it is available streaming on um, Showtime. No, not on Showtime. <laughs> okay. we, we we should get ad revenue. For we Showtime. are sponsored by Showtime, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, um, we are going to do the Madness of King George. Oh, okay, great. What? The Madness of King George. What's that? A play I have to read. It's a cool play, and it's a cool, weird fucking movie. Um, Nigel Hawthorne, uh, Oscar-nominated for his performance, and it's all about King George going crazy as he loses uh, oh. the colonies. But what's the drinking game? 1994. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think you're hey, gonna this dig. It's great. If you've never seen it, Bailey, I'm so excited if you've never seen it. I've I literally all, never heard of it. We could all watch it together. You guys could come over. We could That'd watch it. I don't want to get your COVID or your cooties, but oh I will God, say. Oh, my God. He's so mad at me today. I hate you. I will say this, though. Rupert Everett and Ian Holm are in this movie. And Helen <gasps> Mirren. We're going to watch it. 1994's <laughs> The Madness of King George. Prep yourselves, folks. It's on Skinamax. All right. Skinamax. Anyone? Skinamax. Yeah. I'm not going to get a yeah. single laugh today. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I quit. Okay. Don't quit. Uh, anybody else got a spotlight? Perfect. No. Thank you for joining us for another theater, theater bonus <laughs> miniseries. <laughs> Join us next week for our other two plays that are movies. Sleuth. Nope, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> the Madness of King George, 1994. Uh, and Rabbit Hole, starring Nicole Woo. Kidman and Aaron Eckhart. Very excited. Yes. And after that, we will begin our next mini series. which, let's see if anybody can guess the playwright before we announce it next time. The name of the miniseries is... Fuck, what is it? The name of it is Crumbs from the Podcast of Joy. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Joy. Enjoy. Yes. Do y'all have questions, comments? Uh, A lot of questions. Have better jokes. Do you have more questions? We're sure you do. Please send them to us via email, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Scott, what do you got? Hey, CJ, it's pronounced via. Thanks. (laughs) Via 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 via. Oh Bailey, that was good. Um, a big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson for writing our theme song and all of our stingers. Our theme song is better than your theme song. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan's also a, just a hell of a human being. A big shout out to Pamela Quinn, who is our guest today, but also wrote our special stuff 
episode theme song, Boo. which you heard in the All beginning. All right, I knew it. I knew you were coming at me. She contributes every uh, to every series that we do, and she writes amazing songs, and she's amazing. And thank you, we love you. Thank you. Is it amazing? Like guys, nine you, times Pam. in that sentence, we love, love you, Pam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, to the great Pulitzer Prize winning playwright Annie Baker, who writes every single one of our episodes and doesn't even know it. Every word. And one of it. day, Annie Baker. We're going to buy you a beer. We sure are. Yes. Pam, what do you think Annie Baker drinks? We've asked you this before, but I just want to, I think, uh, double check. Oh, Golden Road Mango Cart. That's exactly right. <laughs> Follow us on all, th- which is what we were drinking the other night watching. Uh, perfect. <laughs> uh, follow us on all the things. Subscribe, rate, review. We will read your review. So write us one. We love Surprise you. ones are fun, too. Yeah, and it can be short. Just tell us what you ate for lunch. Um, long. Pam, do you have a musical theater song you want to? I want you to sing us out because that's what I've been looking forward to for the last eight minutes. (laughs) Okay. I guess I'd be a hero with sword and armor clashing, looking semi dashing, a shield within my grip. That's Shrek. It's my addition for Shrek on Broadway. Thank you. Great. Later, everybody. The theater. The theater. 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 To be or not to be. Theater. Theater. theater.